0: Welcome to the Morning Prep Podcast. We've got a minute because the kids haven't started to line up yet. Ah, Crap, did it again. All right, scratch that. We've got a minute because the kids have not entered your Zoom yet. This week's topic is classroom practice and developing a good work life balance. Before we dive deeper into those tips and those ideas and strategies, we're going to look at this week's drink. This week's drink is one of my favorites. It's probably one of my nerdiest, just simply because it is the drink of choice for Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise. Um, It is tea, Earl Grey, hot. Um, it is a delicious tea. It is the brand that I'm specifically having is Bigelow. It's my good all around go to tea. It is for me. It means winter nights with a good book and just the lighting of a Christmas tree in the background. It's honestly, uh, it's one of my favorites just simply because there's like just a lot of good memories attached to it. In addition to, it's a really good bold all around flavor. Um, it's not one. Uh, it's one of the better tasting Earl Greys that I've had. It, honestly, the Harney and Sons tea Earl Greys are are better flavor-wise, but for an all-around good flavor and a good value too, the Bigelow Earl Grey is where it's at. So moving on from there, let's take a look a little bit deeper now as we come back to the topic at hand, work-life balance. So when we're thinking about work-life balance, the first thing that I really want you to think about is why did you become a teacher what do you love about teaching and what has kept you teaching as long as you have been now this episode is gonna be in two parts so we're gonna we're gonna look at work-life balance um in from two perspectives like one from a very teacher-centric and practice centric perspective and then the second one next week's episode is going to look at it as much more all around this is how you develop a good work-life balance so again we're going to be looking at it one from a teacher perspective and one from a a much more broader general perspective now the teacher tips are can be applied in a broader perspective for sure but uh, the the examples that i offer and the specific fixes that i offer are very much teacher focused So think about those three questions again. Why did you become a teacher? What do you love about teaching? And what has kept you teaching as long as you have been? Solid answers to these questions are very necessary as we dive into developing a good work-life balance. So I'm going to take a moment, I'm just going to close my mouth again, and I want you to think about these three questions. Why did you become a teacher? What do you love about teaching? And what has kept you teaching as long as you have been? So finding the right balance between work and life is really important so that you don't burn yourself out. You want to still be able to do your full and complete job. So you need, it is critical and it is imperative that you are able to balance your ability to be a teacher and your ability to not be a teacher. So why this becomes so important is, there's the general why of the, the turnover rate, or pretty much the, the average lifespan, not lifespan, but the average career span of a teacher nowadays is about five years. And if you teach in urban schools, shrinks to about three years and it sounds very startling especially if you are a teacher in a well-established um some more often than not if you're in a well-established suburban school like you're you're around teachers that have been in the profession a very long time and my but my own experience again being almost exclusively in urban education the average year of lifespan of most staffs that i've worked on is about five years of experience Now, the thing is, is that the reason why it's so much smaller is due to burnout. Now, again, like teaching has changed dramatically. For example, like whenever I meet a teacher who has been teaching, like in the classroom teaching for more than 10 years I always pay close attention to what they do because obviously like they are in it to win it like they are in it for the kids and they are in it for just really changing the game for our students and so I listen very carefully to what they do how they find balance in life because they've obviously avoided the burnout bug that tends to come and attack teachers most. And so part of the reason why teachers tend to burn out so much is because it is very easy to just pour so much of yourself into this work that you just simply forget to stop being a teacher. You wake up early so you can get to school on time because you want to hit that copier before anybody else does. When you get to school, you work. So after you hit that copier, like you're back at your computer planning lessons and getting ready for the next day, reviewing exit tickets or getting the PDN, the 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 mind warmer or PDN or whatever you want to call it, getting that ready. And then once the day is done once you've seen all your kids, then you stay after for a little bit longer. You either grade a little bit more or plan for the next day or again, make sure you hit up that copier so you don't have to wait in the long lines that we all have waited in or wait for the copier to break down and then kind of screw the plans for your day. But then you get all that work done when you're at school and then you go home. And then once you go home, you continue to work some more and then you never end up taking a break and your relationships suffer and then you're always stressed out and then you never find time to do the things that you enjoy. And you never find time to learn new things and you never find time to actually love and live your life. Um, If that sounds like you, that was me. Like, that's my story. Like, that's why this is so important to me, because what I started to see, especially after I first got into teaching, especially after I first got into education, like I was young and I was recently married. And halfway through the school year, my wife and I really took a moment and evaluated where things were at, not only in my career as a teacher, but in our relationship too. And we were really discussing over how things were going. Like I was stressed all the time. I was consistently bringing work home. I never found time to actually, to actually spend time with her and and date my wife and and be with her and, and love her. And so it put a very major strain on our relationship. Again, like I was reaching the goals and doing the things that I that I wanted to do and that I set out to do. I mean, I became a teacher and I was teaching and I was caring for kids and molding and shaping the future and, and all the things like that, but it was like coming at the expense of my own, my own personal life. And so I made some minor changes and the issue settled down for a little while, but it never really went away because it was just until the next time we hit a stress point that it, it, the issue came back again. And that next stress point was when my wife and I became foster parents, when we got our first foster placement. It was a brand new, fresh out of the womb baby, and it really shook and and woke me up to recognize that, oh, the minor changes that I made years prior, they're not working as well as I thought they were, because then what it ended up doing was it ended up really revealing to me again and much more clearly, like, Wait a second. I'm not here spending time with with my wife and, and my son and pouring into them and loving them as much as I could because I was doing the same exact thing. I was falling into those old habits. I was staying at school too late. I was working at home and I never found that off switch. I rarely had the time to be a father, let alone a husband. And so I had to make the choice and I had to set clear boundaries and I needed to learn how to be okay with letting some things just Be unfinished. So, I want to lay out this one disclaimer before I go any further. And it's that really recognizing teaching is hard and it is stressful and it is at times very unrewarding but I don't want the, that reality of teaching to overshadow the joys of teaching. I don't want, because again, this episode and the next episode talking about work-life balance, like we're going to be talking about a lot of stressful things and a lot of difficult things and a lot of the hard parts of teaching, but I, I don't want us to forget that again, why we are here. Again, like for me, many of the reasons, and I've got, I mean, like, Thinking about this gives me an idea for next episode of like talking to why I love teaching, like my why. And for me, it's really recognizing like, well, what are some of the joys of teaching? It's like it's connecting with with these kids. It's watching them grow into adults for the year that you spend with them or the four years, if you're lucky, or if you're an elementary school teacher, like you get to see these these children develop into like teens and adolescents through through eight years of their life. And you get to see them prepare for the next stage and you get to see their successes throughout school and you get to see their successes as they jump onto the next stages of life. And again, like, like I, I'm just like brimming with joy, just like thinking about the different students that I've seen in that context, the students that I've seen go on to great colleges and universities and really set themselves up for just wonderful futures. Like, it's just such a, it's such a beautiful thing. And it again, brings me back to like why I, I love this job and again, like, it, when you're in it it like the stress hurts and it's difficult and it's painful at times but when you can step back for a moment and you really see it you begin to see like this is why I do what I do this is why I love this and so I want you like as we dive deeper into this topic of work-life balance is really think critically and have this idea stuck in your head of what do you love about teaching and what drew you to this profession and what has kept you in this work because when we talk about these stressful things and these difficult aspects and like the parts that make us want to like pull our hair out and just leave the building, I want you to focus on why do you show up every single day? So diving into part one. again, this is the very school centric part of it. And next week we're gonna again dress address part two that is much broader. But part one, The first step really is to recognize that your job is not your identity. Just because you're a teacher doesn't mean you need to be a teacher all the time. Now, see, this is most difficult, I would say, for teachers. Like, you can apply this concept of your job is not your identity to just about any career or profession. But for teachers, it becomes more challenging because that's how most often we introduce ourselves like that's typically our, like our one point of conversation like if you're an introvert like me and you're struggling with conversations with a new person with a new person you're just like oh yeah I'm a teacher and then you get on to all those like lovely teacher conversations like who was your favorite teacher or what and then I always tell them like oh well I was a history teacher and they be like oh I hated history like <laughs> that, that was always like my the first thing I'm like oh, okay cool thank you for telling me that I, I appreciate that um, but we tend to begin to wrap up our identities in that and it what makes it more difficult is that our students become much more than our students they become like our children they become extensions of our families like especially if you're especially if you talk about your students with your spouse or significant other all the time then they really do end up becoming part of your family and then we tend to take on our students stresses and we tend to take on their struggles and so the truth is is that when thinking about this, like we just, this, this is a precept that we just need to train our mind to abandon for a moment is that again, we are not exclusively teachers. We are so much more than that. We, we are husbands and fathers and wives and sisters and, and daughters and, and granddaughters and grandparents and, and, and all sorts of other things and siblings and, 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 and just all the the connections that we have we are again more than just our career we're more than just our job and you need to really remind yourself of that through and through like this just brings to mind for me um in the book series dune there's this group called the benny jesserits and they've got this thing called like the litany against fear because the benny jesserits are typically in these very dicey intense situations all the time and so they need to be really in check and in control of their emotions and like one thing that they do to train their minds is like they recite like the litany of fear when they're in a difficult situation and like more or less, like uh, the key phrase is like I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings totally total obliteration. Like, I will face my fear. Like the things like that, like they have to consistently train themselves to to see to like be in control of the moment for themselves. And and I think very much in the same way that us as teachers, what we need to do is put our own minds in check and remind ourselves that we are much more than teachers. That sometimes when the bell rings at 3.30 or 4 o'clock or, or whenever the day is done for you, when that last bell rings, like you got to learn how to shut it off and and put it away and, and hang up that hat and just let the door close and, and let it be for the day. And just when you go home, just be you. Like you gotta remind yourself that and you have to train yourself that you cannot be consumed with your work and then end up blocking other aspects of your life out. Like, yes, your students are important. Yes, they they need you to be there for them. They need you to be consistent and authentic. They need you to be all of those things. And yes, like it does require a lot from you. Like I'm not denying that fact at all. But you cannot be your best for your kids if you cannot learn how to actually separate yourself from them and separate yourself from the work, because it is hard being a teacher twenty four seven. If you if you ever want that feeling, do an overnight trip with with a bunch of your students. Like it's exhausting and it is draining and it's difficult. Or or if you if you're too afraid to do an overnight trip with your kids, um, just do a. Do an all-day field trip where you are out way past school is over and you have to be there before school even starts. Like, it is draining and exhausting and difficult being a teacher 24-7. And so you need to learn how to cut yourself off for moments at a time and really break down that fact of, like, you are not just a teacher. And so this is not to say that identifying as a teacher is actually a bad thing. For me, as you heard earlier in my story, like it was a bad thing because I got so wrapped up in it that it never allowed me to actually rest. And this may be different for you, but I do find that there is significant amounts of freedom in being very clear with yourself that you are not exclusively a teacher. So, moving one step further, because this is what helps you do this second part of setting boundaries. Once you really recognize that, like, oh, I'm not, I, I'm more than just a teacher, all right? I I—I have more to my life than just being with my kids and creating excellent lesson plans. But it's all about setting boundaries, too. It makes it easier to set boundaries once you really recognize that, like, you are more than just a teacher. And so, for example, like, I had a principal who Uh, At 7 p.m. every night, she had an away message that would pop up if you sent her an email and then on the weekends as well. Not to say that she was unreachable, but it was just this outward sign towards everybody, parents and students and other staff members saying it's like, hey, this is my time. This is my time to shut down This is my time to hang up my hat This is my time to actually just be me. And, um, and and look, that's one of the things that I started to really pick up from, from her and from seeing her do that. And so going in on my own example for my own life is like when my wife and I, we got our foster son, I had to set the boundary of leaving school at the latest by 5 PM, the absolute latest. And then working a maximum of just one hour at home after the little guy was asleep. I created this schedule because I really recognized that I did need a little bit more time than was afforded to me in the school day. The school day itself was extremely busy. I I had honestly, like a pretty difficult schedule. Like it was, it was like, four periods in a row with a bit of a break and then one more period to cap out at the end of the day or, or two more periods. Like I got just what I remember of that schedule is like, it was a very hard back to back to back to back block at the beginning of the day that once I hit my, my lunch break, like I was just beat. And so I had to do that. And then, so I, I recovered during my lunch break and ate my lunch and tried to shut down in those moments. And then I went back at it. And then I had to work over a little bit more after school. And, you know, again, do that printing, avoid that line. But then I recognized, again, I just needed just a little bit more time at home just to be absolutely ready for the next day. And so I I had to, I came to that compromise with my wife and with myself as well. Again, like that was a compromise I had to make with, with me. Because I really recognized that something that was important to me was spending time as a whole family and being home and being mentally present when my whole family was together when everybody when when my son or she was active and awake and when my wife she was active and awake like I had to recognize like when I'm at home I I needed to bring my a-game for my family because my family is immensely important and that's arguably like what I would encourage all of you to really recognize that your family like if you are if you are married um, Or if you if you have a significant other like they they're your they're part of your family They're part of your people. They're part of your crew like they're important You got to make sure you spend time with them. You got to make sure you prioritize them And so for me, it's like I had to really recognize. Well, what is What was important to me and what did I want to spend more time doing and then I had to think, when was it most convenient for me to do it? Obviously, like I couldn't have family time at like 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. So I had obviously I had to have it at the end of the day. And then it's like, and like, I've got no other more eloquent way to say this, but it's like, how did school essentially get in the way so I could begin to set that boundary and work around it? So I want you to think about that. It's so, like after you begin to really break down the, these barriers in terms of like who you are as a person, recognize that you are more than just a teacher begin to set those boundaries for yourself and after you set those boundaries because sometimes the biggest barrier to setting boundaries is really recognizing that you've got a massive to-do list and you have a huge list of things that need to be accomplished and honestly like for you everything feels so important and so after you figure out your identity after you set your boundaries really ask yourself what can you leave undone This is a hard question to answer. And I always had to remind myself that if everything was important, then nothing was important. And so what got me through really was prioritizing what needs to get done today, what can get done tomorrow, and what really does not need to get done at all. And for for that, like, you don't think of it as like, what can I just ignore completely and not do? Think of it more like, what can I delegate to somebody else? What can I hand off? to somebody else to do, because part of, part of setting boundaries and having a good work life balance is being able to delegate. Like I always tell this, like, I always say, this is a joke. Good leaders are good delegators. This is a joke. It's just for me as an excuse to not do anything, but there's real truth in that statement of good leaders are good delegators and finding out what can you delegate? What can you take off your plate? Because that's how, again, you're going to make life a little bit more livable for you. And so that's what got me through for the first couple of years of teaching. And then I started talking with uh, one of the leaders of the network that I currently work at and the way that she would always frame it is like, what are your gold stars? What are your silver stars? And what are your bronze stars? Because for her, her perspective is also it's like, yeah, like there's a lot of things that need to get done, but think about it in terms of varying levels of quality. Uh, again, this isn't to say that like you put junk work out there all the time. No, that's not, not at all. And I know that some of this is going to be a hard truth for, for you type A personalities that like everything to get done like perfectly. Again, like I was like that for a period of time of like, oh, everything's got to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, then it's going to look bad. I mean, it's doing really well, what, you know, you have to do really well. And so it's saying, it's really determining like what are the things that, you know, And you want to be great and amazing. What are the tasks that don't need to be perfectly done? And then what are the things that it's okay if the quality is a little bit iffy? And being very, again, very clear on those. And like the way that you design that list is based upon your goals and priorities and what's the specific function of your job. Like when I was having this talk with her, like it was in relation to just my own performance as an instructional coach. Like I was very stressed and overwhelmed with a lot of the things that I had to do. And, and what it came down to is like my gold star was, what was the job that I was hired to do? And the job that I was specifically hired to do was coaching teachers. And so that had to be my gold star. That had to be the thing that like I needed to kill and I needed to do really, 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 really well. Because again, like that's what I was hired to do. And then thinking about my silver and bronze stars, like I had to more or less, like my silver and bronze stars had to be some of those like more administrative kind of do on your own tasks. The things that sometimes that tend to just like bog you down and get in the way of you doing your gold star tasks really well. And so I had to think through like, well, what are the things that like, I don't have to devote a ton of time to? What are the things can I I more or less like, delegate to somebody else to do or just not have to spend so much thought and time and energy and effort in doing and so again like it's a hard truth recognizing that you're not going to be able to do everything excellently or perfectly and if your goal is to make everything perfect i guarantee you are gonna burn out before even the end of the semester rolls around so again you need to really work on that on what needs to get what honestly needs to be left undone So a quick example of like how this can actually look in action is thinking about your grading practices now we all know grading is extremely important students need a good a a good full grade book so like a they have i mean we're going to talk about grading practices in a later episode but Like kids need a good full grade book. So they have a very clear and well-defined grade. That's not based upon just one or two assignments, but a a litany of assignments that they can um, more or less see like a true to form, like mastery of their progress. But, one thing that, uh, that you really need to see and recognize is that you don't need to grade every single assignment, and you don't need to give feedback for every individual task. It is okay to leave some assignments ungraded. Again, you still should have a robust and full gradebook, but like it's okay to leave things ungraded. It's okay to make sure that you don't, you don't have to grade every paper that crosses your desk or every email that you receive. So what for my own practices, I would make sure that there are at least three to five assignments in the grade book weekly. So essentially almost one a day. And one of the things that I would make sure I always graded and always spent time on and always provided feedback for were assessments. So I would always have like a, a weekly Friday quiz. So I would make sure that that's If there's an assignment that I grade that week and that I focus on that week, it is that assessment so that I can give feedback to my kids and that they can again, improve their practice. And then, of course, I can also use that data to inform my practice and help do the reteach cycle and determine if I need to reteach that that skill or that standard. And so those are my gold stars. Those are the things, again, I made sure I graded all the time. And then I would choose one or two classwork assignments and they became kind of my silver stars where I didn't maybe necessarily provide specific feedback. I would provide much more general and and batched feedback to the whole class of like, Hey, I noticed everybody like really showed mastery of crafting strong thesis statements. And then they, and, and, but you need to improve this aspect of like your introduction, something like that batched feedback. Um, and th- those became my silver stars where again, like I would go through and I would look at it and I would, again, provide general feedback to everybody. If there were a couple of egregious examples that really need extra work, then I provide that detailed feedback. But again, like those were more or less like the rare instances. So those became my silver stars. And then my bronze stars in terms of grading, honestly, were like PDNs and exit tickets. I would make sure I take the time. I would look at them for data purposes and reteaching purposes, but mostly just put it in as a completion grade and then left a check mark and then return it back to the kids i would review again i would review the pdn and exit ticket determine what data i needed to use to inform how i need to change the lesson or if there's anything i do need to reteach in the lesson in that moment but i for the most part like those were assignments that's just like hey you turned it in you put your name on you answer all the questions good you get credit here you go um And that's what helped me keep my sanity. And then of course, that's also what helped me make sure that my students still grew because I determined the, what was most important were the assessments and that was that. And so that those are the three things that again, like you as a teacher can really focus on right now to improve your practice. Okay. To improve, forgive me, not only your practice, but your work life balance. Remember, You are more than just a teacher. You need to set boundaries and then you really need to prioritize very clearly, like what needs to get done today, what can wait till tomorrow. And then what honestly you can delegate to somebody else. So before we go any further, before we, before we go, I want to give you some homework and I want you to choose one of the three things that we just talked about. And I want you to do it for all of next week. So if that's setting boundaries, like for for me, honestly, if I were to choose one thing, it would be working on prioritizing. And that, that's just a natural go-to for me is prioritizing. That's, help, that's what helps me keep my sanity on a day-to-day basis, especially remotely when it feels as if you have a little bit more flexibility and freedom in your schedule. Um, prioritizing is what helps keep me structured and prioritizing and also what helps keep me from being overwhelmed as well. Um, But the story may be different for you. Honestly, working remotely, setting boundaries may just be the thing that you really need to focus on because it is really easy. Like if you're working from home already, it's very easy to just have your day start earlier and work way later than you've ever worked before simply because that you're already home. You cut out all the travel time, you cut out all the waiting in line and all that other stuff. So pick one of those three things mentioned and do it for all next week. Now, I do want to say it's not impossible to do all three of these things, um, but like if this is any sort of a, a shift for you, like it's going to be difficult to do all three things at the same time. So I, I recommend just incorporate it slowly, okay? Just little by little, okay? So um, before we close out, I just want to give you all a reminder. Uh, I am on Facebook, the Morning uh, Prep Podcast. Morning. You can go to facebook.com/slash/morningpreppod. I'm right there. Leave a like. Leave a follow. Uh, that's where I'm going to be updating the episodes, giving a little information and, and asking for feedback as well. That's arguably one of the easiest ways to contact me is through the Facebook page. However, if you like email, morningpreppod at gmail.com is the other way to reach me. I'm checking that email all the time. So again, if you have ideas for episodes, if you have questions, um, I would love to answer questions. I would love to also have an episode of question and answer time. Just pull up the questions that you all have and take the time to answer them. And if there's a question that i do don't know the answer to. Again, I, I've got a lot of friends. I got, I know a lot of people that have um, a lot of very diverse experiences too, and I can ask them as well. Again, like I, I'm not, I'm not proposing that I am perfect in all of this, um, but I'm proposing that I do have a lot of experience, and I've got a lot of things to offer too. So I'll, I'll give you as much of my experience as I can, and if there's a gap in my knowledge, I will definitely find an answer for you. So. Follow me on Facebook, like me on Facebook, send me an email, morningpreppod at gmail.com. Again, leave a review. If you're listening on Apple or iTunes, that is, or Apple podcasts, leave a review, please do. It helps boost this up. Cause again, my entire purpose in this is like, I want to help teachers grow their practice. I want to help teachers and, and just overall improve the state of education in America and in the world. And so if I've done anything like that, please again, leave a review, um, So thank you all. This was the Morning Prep Podcast. That bell is about to ring, so I will see you in the classroom.